0: Hi everyone, I'm Margie Allenes, and this is Farmher Talks, thoughtful conversations to connect and inspire the Her in all of us. Along with our friends at Nationwide, we are on a journey to better understand the S-word. You heard it, we are digging into sustainability in a farmher type of way. Sustainability carries a different meaning and connotation to each of us depending on who we are, what boots we wear on a daily basis, our backgrounds, our families, our businesses, you name it. So to continue the discussion about what sustainability means for you, me, and all of the people who produce and eat food, we are going straight to the field. I'm going to talk about the S-word with Casey Bamberger, a third generation farmher who is no stranger to sustainability practices on the farm and life in general. So Casey, welcome to Farm Her Talks. I'm really excited to have you here today to be talking about the S-word, sustainability.
1: Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so I kind of always started off in the same way. We want to know a little bit about you. So did you grow up on the farm? I know you're you're absolutely part of a family farm operation now. Um, you know, what was your involvement in agriculture growing up?
1: Yeah, so actually, um, I'm one of four girls, so I have three sisters. Um, and my sisters and I um, grew up here with my wonderful mom and dad here, actually on our our home farm um, that my my great grandparents um, actually purchased at a sheriff's auction during the Great Depression. Um, so you know, like a lot of farm families, my entire family kind of all lived on one street growing up, um, other than than my aunt and some cousins that lived um, in a near a city nearby. But um, I grew up on the farm. I was involved um, in uh, 4-H and FFA, but not necessarily on the day-to-day, you know, operations or tasks on our family farm. Um, and, and like I said, I was involved in, in 4-H and FFA, but not—it wasn't necessarily my main focus. Didn't really have a lot of intention on on coming back to the farm. Didn't have a really big understanding of agriculture, other than being, you know, super proud of my my dad and my, my uncle and my grandfather, um, for what they did every day. Um, but then it probably around the, the high school age, I started to take more of an interest, um, and kind of relayed that to my parents. Um, at the time they didn't really see necessarily that there was a, a fit for me here on our home operation and they never discouraged it, but just encouraged me, uh, to go get a, a background and um, in, in some type of business, preferably accounting at the time was what was what da- my dad encouraged me to do. Um, that way, I had other options in case uh, when i when I got a little bit older, I no longer took that interest and or um, there wasn't necessarily enough revenue to for me to come back. Yeah, so I went on to um, Wright State University, where um, I graduated with a business management degree. Um, and just kind of the whole time just kept saying, you know, this is my, this is what I want to do. I want to come back and I want to join you at our family operation. And, um, again, he never discouraged it. I just don't necessarily know what, um, they thought my role would be just because I didn't have a lot of experience, you know, in the field. Um, but welcome me back with open arms just to kind of join our office staff. Um, and essentially I just had an entry level position a couple of days a week. I was actually working for a large investor at the time also, um, doing some accounting work for him. And, um, you know, I was here for about a year, um, while I was finishing up school part time and it only took a couple months to know that this is where, I, where I belonged and I saw, you know, my long-term future. So when I graduated, I, um, just just started working here alongside my father and two of my mentors at the time. Um, one who is still with us today. She's awesome and has taught me a lot. Um, and then my cousin Heath returned about the same time from uh, being an operations manager from another gentleman in our County. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, like we, like I said, we both started at pretty much entry level positions. Um, and which I think was very valuable because we learned from the, the ground up and, um, grew together. We had a lot of employees that were here that had been here since I was a little kid. Um, and we really valued, you know, their opinion on if we were the right fit to, to transition, um, the partnership to, um, and some of the management roles. And 10 years later, uh, I, um, my, my husband and myself, and then my cousin who I mentioned, Heath and his wife, Abby are in the process uh, we've bought in. Um, we bought some of our share, our parents' shares, so we're today equal partners with uh, my mother and father and my aunt and uncle, twenty five percent each family. Um, and Heath and I are the the managing partners today. In operation.
0: Nice. That is quite the story. Um, congratulations, right? I mean, you're talking about massive amounts of change for yourself and your family in all of that. I know. Um, you know we we talk to a lot of people about how they've transitioned through so many of these things. and And I hear from so many people, right? Like they they maybe maybe they don't want to come back to the farm right at first, but they are eventually pulled back uh, for one reason or another. And um, you know, working through those transitional pieces, is difficult but it's important and so i'm i'm glad to hear that uh you know you guys have worked through um at least some of those layers and and that you guys are uh, both managing partners at this point so um that's that's really cool as we talk about sustainability right like we're going to get into some of that here in a minute um you mentioned uh, youth organizations, tell me a little bit about like the role that those played in, you know, like increasing your excitement and your involvement in agriculture.
1: Yeah, so I was actually really involved in sports more so than I would even say like 4H and FFA, um, which I think drove um, more of my passion for leadership and for management, more so than maybe agriculture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that I was I always wanted to work with um, with people. Um, and I knew that through some of my leadership roles, not only um, on my sports teams, but also in FFA, um, 4-H, um, and then I was also um, in a sorority in college and I was president of that, um, I quickly found that I, um, you know, what made me wake up every day and tick is, is a challenge and to be able to work, um, surround myself with really strong people that were maybe um, better at something than I was myself um, and just finding those key people that played, you know, large roles in my life along the way to mentor under. Um, and so I would say that that's really what piqued my interest first, even before agriculture. Um, growing up on the farm, I always loved, um, my family ties to it. So I would like to say I'm a pretty sensitive person. So, so our, you know, what my dad and my father and my uncle did every day, um, just always pulled at my heartstrings. So that was my reason for wanting to come back is just the opportunity to carry on their legacy and what they had done, um, and then just having a really big passion for um, for for people and for finance, um, and just for business in general. So yeah. that was, yeah. Because
0: you know a passion for agriculture matters, but we're talking about running running a business here at the end of the day, right? And uh, any business needs to be sustainable in the long run, right? If right. <laughs> if your goals are are going to get you there, so I mean it's it it's all of the above when when you're in agriculture, and so um, I'm sure that that plays extremely well into your operation. So we have um, been on this journey to understand what sustainability means for a broad range of people. So we've talked to farmers. We've talked to our team here at farm her. We've talked to professionals across the industry. Um, we've talked to, you know, so many different people to try to kind of understand what we, we call it the S word, because I have this like inherent, um, Thing in me that when I hear the word sustainability, I start to kind of glaze over because it is so big and so broad. And, you know, we've all heard and read things about sustainability and it's like, what does this even mean? You know? And so that's really the heart of kind of the d- discussion and the path that we've been on to try to understand that knowing that it definitely means something different to every organization, to every person, to every farmer, um, you know, every consumer out there. And so it's been kind of a fun journey. And my first question for everybody uh, that I have asked is, what do you consider sustainability for yourself personally? So forget the farm for a minute, for, forget uh, agriculture even, right? But but when you think about what it takes to s- sustain you, Casey, as a person, like, how do you think about sustainability in that respect?
1: Yeah. So for me personally, just my personal life, um, this is something that You know, my husband and I talk a lot about um, just, you know, in our day-to-day life and our marriage and our faith, um, we recently are new parents so um, and becoming a a mother and a father. Um, But just making sure that, you know, we wake up every single day, you know, we're only promised today and that we're doing things that um, we feel like we're, you know, kind of breathing um, um, life into each other and to the people around us, to the ones that we love um, and that we're individually at, um, our healthiest, our most rested, uh, point, our, um, you know, our cups always overflowing so that we're able to do that and that we're just, you know, being lights for those around us. And so that's something that, um, I would probably say even my husband's a little bit better at than I am just because I feel like I'm my best when I'm, when I'm really, really busy. Um, and so I, uh, I thrive off of, um, you know, kind of, I would like to say almost running on E Um, and so I I think that that's something that, um, you know, as I get older, I'm trying to do, do a little bit better at and just continue to, to put time and effort towards, you know, the ones that I, the people that I love and and the things to do that I love. I think that that in my mind, um, will make me sustainable over time and and live a long, happy life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got to keep that gas tank full, right? Um I think I've probably got a few years on you but it sounds like we're kind of similar and I, I I was having this discussion the other night with my husband about oh my gosh I just don't know when this will slow down and he's like look this is just who you are let's just yeah. <laughs> let, just accept it right now you are never going to just do one thing right No and no. yeah so there's there's something uh, about a challenge and a, about making change and about you know, uh, running full bore that that is exciting, but you do have to stop and and fill up your tank sometimes. And the older I get, the more I realize that, right? And sometimes it's just a forced thing. Like I don't I don't have any more to give, but um, absolutely knowing that about yourself is super important. And so I I think that a lot of times um, in the conversations we've been having, that sustainability of yourself is really a very similar conversation about what's sustainable for your farm, right? And uh, like I just said. Uh, I guess, sum up what what you said, putting gas in the tank and making sure that you're, you're filling up your tank so that you can keep going. Right. And um, I've read a little bit about your farm and your sustainability efforts. And um, it really sounds like you guys have a really great focus there. So I'm going to pivot the conversation and I'd love to hear a, a little bit, at least high level about what you guys do and how you think about sustainability from your farm perspective.
1: Yeah, so I don't think I even touched on, but um so basically we're we're located in Southwest Ohio. Um we farm in six counties in southwest Ohio. Um we cover about twenty thousand acres and our annual commodities are corn, soybeans, um, and wheat, and we do um plant winter wheat, so um we follow our wheat harvest with a shorter season soybean, um or what we like to consider a double crop soybean. So um, basically, you know, as I evaluate our operation um, from a high level, um, we know that hands down um, the most important thing to our success um, on top of the relationships that we've built within the industry um, is the environment and the, the soil. So as we move into the future, you know, today we're a third generation farm. My grandfather started our operation um, but we, our goal is to be here for many, many more generations to come, whether that's uh, family members that are taking over or that's, um, you know, whoever falls, falls behind, uh, my cousin and I, we just want to make sure that we're placing our business in the most um, optimal pro- opportunity to perform. And a lot of that is making sure that we're caring for um, the soils so that they can produce high-level um, yielding crops for many years to come. Um, and having the understanding that, you know, how we did that 30 years ago when, when my dad came back to the operation and, and was around my age is not going to be the same way that we can do it 30 years from now. And just being willing to change and constantly challenging ourselves um, to work with people in the industry and also outside of our industry to learn from. Um, to make sure that we're incorporating new practices and procedures, um, you know, year after year, based off of how our climate's changing, um, you know, what our what our uh, fertility rates are telling us, what our plants are telling us, and always just continuing to learn and not staying, you know, stagnant in what we knew. Um, I truly believe, you know, every industry is ever changing, but production ag is really ever changing, and there's not, you know, we work with mother nature. Um, And so not one single year is like the year before. Um, My husband's an engineer, and so and I talk with him a lot about how, you know, he can do these really crazy math problems to figure out um, if if his uh, build is going to be successful or not. And I spend a lot of time, I'm usually working um, two to three years out in front of our operation based on my role. And, um, you know, I can sit down and come up with a plan from a crop rotation standpoint or a budgetary standpoint, and then it can rain all spring and we can plan on being heavy corn and completely change and, and decide that we're going to have to, you know, put out a lot of soybeans. Um, but the one thing that we can, you know, bank on that we do have control over is how we manage, um, and take care of the soil that we're, we're lucky enough to, to, um, to work with a lot of our land partners and have the opportunity to farm. Um, and you know, we, we want those relationships to be long-term, and so we really do take care of them as if they are our own family farms. And that's something that's a little bit unique about our operation is we lease the majority of the land that we farm. Um, and so we're, you know, we're putting a lot of time and effort and, and money into, into these, these farms, um, because we truly feel that we see ourselves working with these partners, you know many years to come, and we want to make sure that we're giving back whatever we take from from the soil. So um, you know cover cropping are, is some things that we're looking into, um, reduced tillage practices, um, you know, really looking at some of the synthetic fertilizers that we have u- we're using today and that we've used in the past. If there's new products out there, Um, that we can incorporate to maybe lower some of our input levels Um, and just constantly working with agronomists and and other people across the industry to collect a lot of data points along the way and analyzing that data um, from an individual field level um, so that we're able to trace the crop that we're producing um, all the way through from the time that it arrives here on our our, um, inventory locations as far as seed um all the way to the point of delivery.
0: Yeah. So, you know, data it can be scary, right? Like every everything has got data attached to it, but um what what I think um reading between the lines even of what you're saying, you know, this data feeds so much into business decisions, right? I mean, it it is so incredibly important because um you have to take care of the soil. We know that, right? Like that that's ground level knowledge that you guys have, right? But you need to make sure your business is sustainable too, right? And so I love what you're talking about, about how you're trying these different parts and pieces and tracking the data and making sure that they're sound business decisions and that they make sense from from a production standpoint too, because there is always a balance there, absolutely.
1: Right, correct, exactly, and and that's the thing that's unique is you know it's not a one size fits all approach. So I'm actually in a peer group with um, five other cro- farms across the United States. It's a female farm peer group, um, and we talked about this this last weekend actually at our peer group meeting how we're all trying to work towards you know more regenerative ag practices, and it's really important for us to have um, to be sustainable, you know, as as a family farms, um, but also as just um, growers in general, and. And, but what I can do here in Southwest Ohio isn't going to be the same thing that some of my peers can do in, you know, Arkansas or Mississippi, um, just based off of different pressures that they face as far as weeds or um, soil types or different things compared to what I face here in Ohio.
0: Yeah. So you, you kind of answered one of my questions, um, maybe with that, right? That, that peer group being probably one of the, the answers. But I was going to ask about, you know, Where you go and who you tap into to lean on, to get that knowledge, to try to understand what other people are doing. And I'm sure it's a a broad mix of people, right?
1: Yes, yes, very much so.
0: So, Casey, when we dig in a little bit and think about this variety of sustainability practices that you can have on your farm, is there anything that you could share with us that, um, you know, you guys have implemented that you've tracked how it's gone and that you've kind of seen some results from it?
1: Yeah, so I could honestly hit on a couple of different things and we're very much still um, when it' talking about sustainability or um, I think probably like the sexy word in, word in ag right now is regenerative ag.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we're working with a lot of people across the in, industry um, when it comes to um, cover crop practices that work in our area, um, how we can reduce tillage practices um, we have a couple of different microbial products that we're testing on our operation. Um, and also we've done this for quite a while and I, I feel like this is pretty common across the industry, but as far as variable rate, um, um, seeding and, um, nitrogen as well. Um, and so when I look at that as a whole, I think probably what is most unique about our operation is we are collecting so many data points. Um, and we're creating this history. And so it's given us the opportunity to work with a lot of partnering companies um, to to kind of create that story. And so it's like they've really tested all-use cover cropping, for example. So maybe cover cropping um, on, a, on what we consider a research farm in the industry, which would be you know more of a smaller scale, um, what, what would be very um, – you're, you're controlling a lot of the variables. And then we take that data and we say, okay – How can we apply what we found on a smaller scale um, where it's very controlled and we put it in a real-life situation across thousands of acres with different soil types and different topographies and different weather patterns? Um, And what we have found is it's really hard to do that because it's not, you know, even though we find this great data that we say, you know, cover crops is reducing weed pressure and um, there's some nitrogen fixation components and, um, you know, it allows us to bring, you know, insects back into the field and we're, we're pulling carbon from the air and these are all things that we believe and we know are good. Um, but we also can't, we can't introduce something so quickly into our whole farm operation from a workflow standpoint Um, And every year doesn't give us the same weather pattern. And so what we've kind of taken the mindset and we've done is we've slowly started to introduce these practices. And we've really tried to start to isolate them and to learn from them um, year after year and just increase um, where we feel that the field will support it. So, for example, we have reduced tillage. Um, You know, typically we'll work around. Um, in the past, once to twice a year, we know the negative effects of that. The problem is, and what maybe your everyday consumer doesn't understand, they might say, well, Casey, you know, Brian, Ag just stopped working ground. Well, our weather patterns have changed a lot. We've received really heavy rainfalls in the spring, um, which allows, doesn't allow us to get into the field in a timely manner. You know, it's not that the annual rainfall, if you look at Ohio's annual rainfall, it's not that it's really changed that much but how it comes is what's different. So my father talks a lot about, or my uncle and cousin, um, you know, in the past, we might receive a half an inch to an inch here or there, but it's nothing for us to receive. Rain falls up to four to five inches at a time. Um, And some of our farms are tiled which allows us to help get water off of the field into the ditch um, and plant the crop and then other farms that we have are not tiled and so water may lay there long so working ground allows us to air out that soil and allows us to plant the crop quicker what we found in our findings is we've been able to reduce our tillage practices based on um, the farms that we know that are tiled Um, we're also looking into what when it comes to cover cropping we've had a little bit more success on the farms that we've um, cover cropped and then taken to soybeans, but um, rather than some that we've we've followed um, behind corn, um, we've seen fields that we've rotated, you know, different cover crop species on to find um, what fits best and what we can manage and control since we're new to this, this cover cropping game um, to really um, shade out our fields and, and combat some of the weed pressure, which allows us to maybe um, adjust some of the chemistries that we're using. Um, so there's been a lot, I feel like in the last, especially three to four years that we've tried on our operation. Um, and although we've tried to utilize a lot of other growers in the industry, it really is. I think what I would want to say to other growers or, or, um, you know, just the everyday consumer is, um, you know, farmers truly have their soil's best interest at heart. You know, they out of anybody want it to be productive long term. It's their livelihood. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just finding what works for your operation best. And sometimes that takes time because, you know, we only get to do things once a year. We only get to plant once and we only get to harvest once. So um, learning from practice changes takes a little bit longer compared to other industries.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, having that data at your fingertips year over year and maybe decade after decade even at some point is, is super important. And so that leads to my next question of how do you manage that data to make those decisions, right? Because it's one thing to have all of these data points. It's a whole other thing to know how to look at it and how to make it work for you so that you can make um, good decisions for uh, the long-term success of your farm.
1: As we've transitioned and we've grown as an operation, we've put a huge focus on making sure um, that as we continue to pick up acres, we're, um, you know, constantly watching how our business is evolving and that we're placing um, people in in correct positions. Um, And so, you know, we are very much a family farm, but I'm lucky to work alongside uh, 29 other employees. Um, we have people in our operation that are making decisions daily for our family and are managing help managing our operation. Um, that has allowed me to what I like to almost say is farm from um, my desktop essentially. So, like I mentioned earlier, I'm always a couple years out ahead of time, um, planning for you know what I think the is coming down the pipeline and and what grain markets and um, and budgetary restraints we're going to have. Um, So I can allow us to, um, in real time, based off of what our um, coworkers and employees, what they're logging. Um, We use a farm management software called Granular Ag. Mm -hmm. Um, What they're logging and what we're seeing from our in real time um, equipment screens, information that it's bringing to us. We're cleaning that data. So um, it's coming in here into our office staff. We're making sure that the information is correct. Um, if we see anything that we feel is incorrect, so for example, somebody puts a wrong seed variety, we didn't have that seed variety in that field, we can uh, we can um, you know contact that employee in real time and have it corrected. And then as we're in harvest season, it gives me the capability to watch field by field how yields are doing, and then be able to look back and say, you know, we had this test plot out. We tried cover cropping here. We you know we no-tilled half the field and not the other half of the field. What is this? what is, what were the other variables in the field? Maybe we had multiple varieties. Um, Maybe it was a very controlled environment Um, and to be able to make decisions in real time as we move forward um, and essentially create that story. Like I said earlier, um, as we test new practices or new procedures or new inputs um, year after year um, to, to kind of have that bank of knowledge to look back on and if it was successful or if it was not successful And what the reasons were that it was not. Was it something that we did um, as an operation? Or was it truly that the practice change wasn't successful? So we're constantly challenging ourselves. We never give up on anything after one year. Um, We always test products or practice changes for three years um, to make sure that we really thought through um, that practice change or introducing a new product and we gave it a fair chance. Um, if we see that's been successful year after year, um, we that's after the third years that's when we'll decide to deploy that across our whole operation. Um, you know, if if multiple years in that three years it didn't really bring what we needed to or to our operation or there wasn't a positive ROI, um, it's something that you know we'll kind of put put to the wayside and say you know that just didn't really work for us.
0: Absolutely, I mean It, it sounds like you've got a plan and you follow it, and I think like sometimes that's one of the biggest things, right? Like in, in knowing how you're going to approach this and keeping at it and being consistent about it. So, um, all, all great things, all great information. Um, and so are you also, do you feel pressure from, um, the landowners who you rent land from, um, as, ownership of land continues to change and shift and it's passed down in generations. And maybe those people who are attached to uh, that land um, are no longer, you know, actively engaged in agriculture other other than owning that land. Are you guys, are you seeing um, a difference in how those landowners think about sustainability and how they want to work with you?
1: Yeah, I think that that's our job as 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 growers. And I think it's even more important with, with my generation as growers, and I'll use my sisters as example. Um, you know, I'm one of four girls and, and I'm the only one that's involved in our family operation today. And, you know, they're very, very proud of what we're doing. They're, you know, my best friends and biggest supporters. But also at the same time, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're t- they're tuned in to what's going on in the industry. Um, so I think it's our job to continue to educate. And that's something that um, I, I feel like we do a really good job on our operation and because we're um, tracing everything that's done on our operation from beginning to end, it allows me to communicate with my land partners and say, you know, this is what we did on your farm this year. Here's the reasons why, Um, you know, we don't hide anything. We're very uh, transparent with them. Um, And if there's, if they ever have questions when it comes to new practices that maybe we're not doing today um, I feel like we've developed that relationship and we can, we can answer to them um, you know, this is why we haven't done it before. Um, you know, we might be willing to try it, but here's why it might not work. And we work through that together. Um, but it's not like we're just going out and we're just farming their farm and we never talk to them and they have no clue what's going on on it. Um, you know, I would say as farms pass down to next generations, um, just like my own family, you know, we do have land partners that maybe, you know, they're not living on their farm, like their grandparents used to, or their parents, you know they might not even live in the state and that's okay because that's what's awesome about technology um you know not even in our our industry but across the world is I can communicate um with my land partners that are in a different state just as easily as I can with you know maybe our neighboring land partner um and I can give them in real time information about this you know the family ground that's been part of Part of their family for many, many years and help keep them tied to it, I think, a lot easier today than what we were even able to 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's really important in what we're doing and, and continuing to educate to them you know, why, um, you know, why we make the decisions that we do and, and why it brings their farms value and, and um, continue to listen to, to what, what their needs are and what their wants are and what their goals are you know, for, for that piece of property.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's, um, there's so many facets to, to farming, to running an operation, you know, like you guys do. And, uh, Casey, I really appreciate your perspective because, um, I think I I would classify you guys as a really sophisticated operation, right? Like you are focused on the future, you're using data, and you're constantly trying to evolve. And and all of those things mean sustainability, in in my mind, right, when it comes to a business, when it comes to a farming operation. And so I really, really appreciate your perspective and for sharing that with us on Farm Her Talks.
1: Thank you so much.